We're back! And I can't tell you how excited I am to bring you our next batch of chats for Season 2. We've called in some favours, pushed the boat out and bent over backwards to put together an epic guest list from all corners of the industry. As always, we'll be chatting through some amazing career journeys as well as those all-important anecdotes. But we need your help too. We're on a mission to get more people interested in hospitality as a career of choice. So please do share these stories with the other wonderful people within your networks and give us a subscribe and a follow across whatever podcast platform you're listening. It really does make a huge difference and together we can keep raising the standards on the information that gets out on hospitality, the greatest industry on earth. Welcome to Hospitality Meets with me, Phil Street, where each week we take a light-hearted look into the stories and individuals that make up the wonderful world of hospitality. Today's guest is Ollie Cavallero, Head of Employer Brand at Honest Burgers and all-round people superstar. Coming up on today's show... Ollie reveals puppy-like qualities. I was very guilty, I think, of getting very excited about something, saying yes, and then just running away and doing it. Phil reaches a new low. I mean, that's never a great time to have a portaloo. And Phil and Ollie set the tone for the conversation. Have we just gone on a rant? I think we have, Phil. I think we, that was... that. that we have. Yeah. All that and so much more as Ollie chats us through his career journey to date, as well as some wonderful insight into why Honest Burgers have a great reputation as an employer. Ollie also demonstrates that authenticity and honesty really do have such an important part to play in talent attraction. A huge thanks to Ollie for our chat. I'm absolutely thrilled to be back behind the mic, and we've got some amazing guests lined up over the coming weeks, so please don't forget to give us a like, subscribe, and a review on whatever podcast platform you're listening. It really does make a huge difference. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to the next episode of Hospitality Meets with Phil Street in full colour now. And what a way to kick off the new season as I welcome someone who's an absolute light for this industry. He's also got a cracking job title, which we'll get into later. But I am delighted to welcome the head of employer brand at everyone's favourite burger joint, Oli Cavaliero. Hello, thanks very much for having me. And I didn't realise this is the first one of the new of the new series. So Yeah, um, indeed. I should, probably should have warned you. <laughs> yeah, you should have done. That's uh, added pressure now. So uh, thanks for inviting me. Yeah, no worries at all. Yeah, um, I, I realised when I was writing the little spiel at the beginning that I called Honest Burgers a burger joint. And then I real I was thinking, is that, can you do that? Is that right? It's, yeah. I mean, you can. It is a burger joint at the end of the day. I guess that's probably more more American. But yeah, it's a place that serves burgers. So that's absolutely fine. Yeah. Cool. Cool. And uh, and did I get the pronunciation of your name right? Nearly, nearly, oh. but no one ever does. I think there's only ever been one person that's ever actually did it spot on. But Go on, then. very close. Cavaliero. Okay. Fine. Cool. Yeah. Cool. I'll never say that again. It was a. It was a. It was a. It was a. Yeah. It was close. Close enough. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. How are you anyway? Good. I'm good. It's um. It's nice to see the restaurants getting busy. You know, there's so many more people in London, which you know makes our people happier, uh, more more enjoyable. So, yeah, really good. Yeah. And where are you recording from today? So I'm uh, just around the corner from Windsor, actually. So I'm at home from Windsor. There's like a hurricane outside, so yeah, I'm staying in, indoors <laughs> today um, and getting a new front door at the same time. So yeah, oh, there's a lot around around the house. Yeah, well, we had uh, we just had our bathroom done, which obviously the world uh-huh. needs to know about. Uh, but in the the meantime, we've been having a, a an outdoor portaloo 
while they were doing all the critical work. And I was okay. so sweaty about getting it finished so that they could get the portaloo gone, uh, which they did <laughs> yes, yesterday. But it was, um, yeah, it was touch and go for a minute. Um, but anyway, that's, that's neither yeah. here nor there. You should have chose the, uh, the summer to have a portaloo outside. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's never a great time to have a portaloo, uh, <laughs> unless you're at a festival. But anyway, that's, um, that's neither here nor there. Um, great. Well, I mean, let's just kick right off then. If you could take us all the way back to the beginning of your career, because I, I think what I liked about your journey is, is that you didn't necessarily jump straight into hospitality. But mm. uh, but talk us through your kind of life and times. Um, no, I mean, I guess I'm, I, I, I started my career. Well, I say my career in hospitality. My first job was actually, yeah, just washing dishes at the at the local pub. I think at those like 13, 14. But yeah, I mean, after college, I decided to get out of the UK, find a job abroad. So um, I joined a activity company. And we went um, we basically deliver activities for for families whilst on holiday worldwide. So I went yep. over to uh, Mallorca. Well, I went travelling actually um, in in Australia and, and Thailand at the age of eighteen. So I did that for a year, and then that's kind of when I decided, right, I need nice. to get out of the UK, stay out of the UK, and um, yeah. So I worked for a really really cool company called Interaction, and yeah, we. Uh, we delivered um, activities for for families, yeah, said worldwide. So I started in Mallorca and then um, went over to Turkey for six months, Egypt for about uh, nine months, and then um, Portugal. So yeah, I ended up doing that for about four years in total, actually. And right. when I came back, that's when I uh, that's when I went into hospitality. Started working for for All Bar One in Wimbledon. Yeah. And yeah, so went to All Bar One in Wimbledon. So I'm just trying to think back now. And then that's kind of when I fell into recruitment. And I uh, I joined a, a recruitment consultancy called Appetite for Recruitment, where. Yeah, I wasn't really too sure. You know, I loved hospitality. You know, working all by one with um, you know the customers and the team. You know, it was really up my street. But I was kind of looking for a position in training at the time. But yeah, so kind of went into appetite for recruitment, and yeah. I absolutely loved it. People generally fall into recruitment. Uh, I think. I mean, I certainly I did as well. It, uh, it was something mm. that I didn't even knew existed as a career path when I started out. Uh, in operations and I fell into recruitment as well which happened on the back of a chance conversation with somebody mm. so yeah I don't it's one, not one of those things that you're at uh, uni or school where you go I really really want to go into recruitment it's something that you learn about I think later down the line yeah massively and I think you know from the experience of working overseas I knew that you know I wanted something that was to do with people to do with know service to do with experiences and that's where you know and i did build a love for recruitment because i was working with candidates finding great great jobs they learned a load of lessons along along the way yeah but you know i was never i was never the best at it because you know i think you know to be a, the top biller it's a it's quite a salesy environment or it can be quite a salesy environment no, I was just in, I just enjoyed you know, taking candidates through 
a bit of a journey introduced them to different clients and it was it was it was great you know i did that for, for two years and um i learned i learned loads but i knew i kind of wanted to to get into an internal position you know i'd always admired some of the clients that i that i spoke to and wanted to find out a bit more about them and what they were doing how they got into their positions and i did you know and i really thought right how can, how can I get into this? So you know, I reached out to a few people, got some advice, and we were doing a project with, with five guys at the time. And the, uh, the operations director, and I told him, you know, I'm looking to um, to move in-house, and they uh, they um, had a recruitment manager position vacancy. So uh, timing was just kind of perfect, because you know, I decided, right, you know, now, now's, now's the time. Company-wise, Five Guys had um, three restaurants, I think, at the time when I joined. Right. And wow. no recruitment department. I mean, really reflecting on it, I was, I was, I was way out my depth for, for that role. Um, I don't really know why they employed me. Um, I should have got some <laughs> of the way more experience. Um, and... It was it was it was amazing. Like you know, we had um, there was a team of us: Marcel Khan, who was who was heading up Five Guys at the time, myself and a few others, and we were literally opening the restaurant every single week for for like two two years. So, and I did learn loads. Like I think my first position I was trying to fill was a um, head of or a procurement director for France, and I was right. like. Go I've got no idea what procurement means. Um, I don't speak French. <laughs> How am I going to find this? Um, and I had no internal experience. So, um, but I just kind of dived in and I, I, I learned it. I actually formed a an internal recruiters kind of group at, at the time because I was like, I need to learn from my peers within the, in the industry. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So I remember, you know, I reached out to, uh, to quite a few people in the industry in this in a similar position. Um, so there was uh, initially there was like a group of uh, eight or ten of us, and we would literally meet every uh, every month or so, and and talk about yeah recruitment practices essentially. You know what's going well, what isn't going well, what trends are happening, and that's kind of how I uh, got more knowledge and got a better understanding of really what I'm meant to be doing my role. But anyway, so we had such a great time at, um, at Five Guys. We, you know, I was there for about two and a half years. We were opened as far up as Dundee and as far south as towards Portsmouth. So it was on the road all the time, assessment days. But it kind of came to a point where I thought, right, you know, I need something um, that's going to challenge me a little bit more. I met one of the co-founders at Honest Burgers at an event, actually, and... Yeah, the next day we got in touch. We, uh, you know, we went for a beer, and yeah, he told me you know, what what they were looking for. It was a head of recruitment position again, kind of setting up a, a department. But I was thinking, you know, I made so many mistakes at Five Guys, you know, and I've and I've learned from them. I want to yeah. do this. This is exactly what I could do at Honest Burgers. Um, the values and the philosophy really were exactly the same with me and, and mine and and we did and you know so I started as head of recruitment and I've kind of gone into I went into more of a, a talent management role and and now you know my I look after recruitment employer branding internal comms and team engagement so 
I do a lot more now, and my uh, my, my thoughts are certainly on a on a talent attraction piece and and staff engagement. Team engagement is that makes up the employer brand. You know, we do so much yeah. internally, and we just talk about it ex- externally. And essentially, that's what that's what my role is. And you know, the beauty of it is, you know, we've grown. I think I joined Honest when there was eleven restaurants. We're now on um, forty-three, and wow. going to open another uh, six this year. That's the aim. Great. Yeah, um, which is great. So, and you know, we've seen people come and go. Honest has as, as grown. We you know, went very structured, and then took the structure away to that kind of how we are um, in a structured, unstructured environment. Um, and we're just trying to do great things. You know, we kind of wear our hearts and our sleeves and we just want to do a good thing for people. And and I guess that's, you know, a lot what my role is at the moment. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're, you've got a, like a pretty key word in all of that, right, is honest. And I, I, that's something that I always remember when you guys first hit the scene with like one or two restaurants in London and going to get a, an honest burger at the time, it was like, wow, this is a really cool burger and such a simple offering. But then actually from a, a branding perspective, when you're talking about attracting people into your organization, mm. using the word honest, I, I would imagine would be quite a powerful word to utilize. Yeah. And I guess... You know, a part of our kind of EVP tagline is is honest by nature. And that really means that we're going to showcase what we're doing. Like we're just staying humble. We keep things simple. We don't want to, we're not getting ahead of, ahead of ourselves. Yeah. We serve bags and chips at the end of the day. And we know that our environment is, 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 is a great place to work. And we want to give up people opportunity to, to see it. And if they choose actually, honestly, they're going to be the right place for them to work. Then, then that's great. But also at the same time, it it also adds that filter. You know, we want to be quite transparent with what we're doing, um, whether it be our pay scales, whether it be you know different job, what you'd what you'll be doing in your job, um, the the style of environment, the hours that you work. We just need to showcase everything so yeah. people get a really good picture of what it is they're about to come into. Yeah. To find out, you know, if it's going to be the right place for them or not. But that's—I mean, it's—it's it's actually such a simple mindset to have towards something like this. But I—I I, I see it. We see it. I mean, you've worked in uh, external recruitment as well. Is that you get a lot of organisations who want to portray something to try and attract people in, but they're not being authentic mm-hmm. about it, and that soon catches yeah. up with them. But actually, you know, what you guys are doing is just kind of laying it all out on a plate mm. and saying to people this is us like we we want people to come and work for us but if you don't get it that's cool um you know th- th- it's just not the place for you exactly that and and that's really like kind of where my mind is and uh, my my kind of method of employee branding is that we will never say and you will never see on in our job adverts our careers page anything that we really advertise saying we are the best place to work we do this we're the best we're you know we have the best people da, 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 da. because we probably don't <laughs> like we are not for everyone <laughs> and yeah. um, we are not for everyone and 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 that's the beauty of it 
we'll be for no we will be for some people and we and we won't so we just need to share the stories so people understand why they might like it but also why they might not like it um we just want to be authentic we, we kind of show show it rather than say it and then we'll let other people say say how how, how good their life is at honest or maybe they'll tell us actually this wasn't great and in that case we'll we'll also showcase it as well yeah Right. Well, I mean, that's great. And it, it, well, you're being honest then, aren't you? Hey, hey. <laughs> Who'd have thought? Yeah. But I do. You know, it's such a simple idea. I don't know why more people don't kind of, I suppose, lay it all out there, warts and all, because as a business, as per every individual out there in the world, you can't yeah. get everything right 100% of the time, yeah. you know, but this is what we are trying to do to, you know, to be the best that we can be. Yeah. Yo, who's 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 on board yeah exactly everyone's human at the end of the day you know we always yeah. make mistakes and you know we we do we do a lot right um and yeah we, we should probably right focus people. on that actually a little bit because <laughs> i know i've been you... saying like yeah because <laughs> yeah, we... you definitely do as well though i mean that's that you know as a, as a reputation as a place to go work you know uh, from my knowledge of the the recruitment marketplace mm you are a brand that people want to go work for. You know, so you must be doing something right and very cool for that to happen. Yeah, yeah, and that's and that's the thing. We 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 try to um, we try to do the best by our people and with that it, it we, we we are ticking a lot of boxes and we're proud of a lot of stuff. I mean, especially over the last two years. You know, the aim was we didn't want to make any redundancies at all. We want to keep people in jobs. And, you know, so it's having individual conversations with every single person to understand their needs and keep them engaged throughout, keep them developed um, and look after them and create this place where people feel like they belong. And that's what I feel like we've we've done a lot of. And and I guess, yeah, we, we know we're doing a lot right in that in that in that sense yeah how did you i mean you mentioned the last two years i don't, it wasn't really anything particularly groundbreaking happened in the last two years um as i, I recall so. um yeah. but yeah what what were you what were you doing to what kind of things were you doing to to keep your guys engaged with what you're doing at a time where business didn't have its doors open you see how i did that oh. without saying the word I know, I noticed. And I was so close to that saying that word as well, but I didn't say the word. But I'm pretty yeah. sure people know exactly what we're talking about. Um mm. I actually remember the conversation we had when um that word was was kind of announced and we we had a meeting like, okay, so what's the next week? Um next eight, eight weeks, what can we do for the next eight weeks? And thinking about it, yeah, we thought it was gonna be over in like eight weeks. Um, I know. Well I think they still say the yeah, it was at the time when they announced it, wasn't it something like we're going to lock you down for three weeks, mm. and uh, and then we'll be back. You know, we'll we'll yeah. we'll review it at that point. And uh, exactly. yeah, holy moly, exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, so you, the restaurants all, all closed for about six weeks permanently during during that lockdown. So we um, we set up a program. It was essentially an events calendar called the Homefront, and. What we wanted to do was create a space where people can connect um, with each other because everyone had different, you know, everyone was in different situations. 
some people are at home uh, alone, some people with housemates, some people with back with family, some people with, you know, sons and daughters and um, and actually just wanted to switch off. But we wanted to create a platform where people, if people wanted to log on and, and stay in contact with people within Honest, then we needed to, we needed that, we needed that platform. We'd um, been using Workplace by Facebook anyway, as our internal communications platform. So through that, we were able to put on an events calendar. So we had like music lessons. There was one of our co-founders did a hit session every single morning. Right. We had a Friday night pub quiz. It's one of your um, founders called Joel Wicks. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, no, they were kind of in competition, I think. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Joel might have won on that front, but I uh, think anyway. So. Yeah, I think so. Um, there was, yeah, we did some language classes. Um, oh. There was, there was loads going on. Um, we had a radio every every single morning. So one of our one of our team members is a um, musician and has got his own kind of radio set up at home. So he was doing the radio in the mornings. Fantastic. Called Signing Side Up. So I'd actually great. heard about that. I'd heard that there was a radio, a radio element yeah. um, to, yeah. to what you guys did through that period. Yeah, which it was is really, really cool. cool. Yeah, mm. yeah. One of our co-founders, Phil, actually, I think it's, I think it's Sky. Is it Sky or BBC? Um, one, one of them. They caught it on. So we went live on on Sky, showcasing our events program, which ah, is um, right, which is quite quite fun. So, so yeah. So obviously that was to keep people entertained. Yeah. That in itself is when you get that kind of publicity as well, people mm. can see from that. I mean, that's that to me is a really cool thing. But equally, there could be somebody sat next to me who goes, "Oh my God, you 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 couldn't you couldn't pay me yeah. enough to to get involved in something like that." So yeah. you're you're kind of still laying it out there that this is us. So you know, if you mm. like it, great, come and have a chat. If not, no drama. Yeah, exactly. You know, people could switch off. They didn't have to. It was completely up to them. It was just creating a platform where people could stay, could stay connected. But um, yeah. we did. So part of the, um, the Honest Pub, that's what it was called, the, um, where we did like the, the Friday night quizzes and we did bingo. And before our restaurants reopened, we wanted all our teams to, to have the first burger before, before our customers. So we teamed right. up with Deliveroo and um, we sent out a burger to to all our teams who wanted one and then we all got together that evening and did like a big live burger burger on a beer before then the next day that's when we we're open for customers so that was a really nice touch as well yep. there were some people that were outside the delivery catchment area and so unfortunately we couldn't deliver it to them but yeah there was a lot of our teams who um, were in the in the catchment area so we were able to to get a burger out to our teams before before customers came 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 back in very cool. Yeah. No, well, absolutely. Well, I mean, I, I don't want to dwell on that on that period because it's a, a period that we're all trying to work past and beyond and through, which hopefully Touchwood we we now are as we, yeah. we move into twenty twenty two. Um, I want to go back actually to uh, the kind of the beginning of your your journey around the the travel piece because for me travel is such a massive part of. Uh, I mean, it's a cliche of broadening your mind. But what do you think that, that that part of your life brought to you? I think that that was, I guess it was an experience because, hey, like when, when you're young, you're away from home, 
you're you know you're kind of living with your mates it's um you're just having a great time but it also taught me so so much you know, working with other cultures you know we to give you an example i mean we were in egypt i actually went to egypt twice thinking about it actually uh one for nine months one for six months and you know we were in a common in accommodation within a egyptian town um mm. so you're you're literally living in um in other cultures, which was amazing. So it really taught me, I guess, adulthood because you're kind of living for, like, living for yourself at a half young young age. Yeah. Um, other cultures, and a massively like a service element, like you know, exceeding customer expectations. We were we were contracted essentially to to work in in huge hotels overseas where customers are paid thousands of pounds to come and stay in these hotels and essentially we were there as as a service for them so it, it certainly taught me um guest expectations and like you know hard work yeah, we were working like six and a half days a week we would get half a day off a week um so it was long hours sometimes you know you're, you're literally up early and a crack of dawn and then you're not getting back back home until you know 11, 11 at night so yeah um certainly it, it taught me a lot but also i think probably to where i am today if i hadn't picked up those skills i don't think i would have got to where i am today because it, it taught me really where i wanted to go and the style of environment that i wanted to work in i could never work in a you know I, i'm never like a suit and, suit and tie person working in an office is that, is that you, are you in your uniform at the moment? Yeah, this is smart. Yeah. Actually. I just had a t-shirt on. Like, um, I'm literally like tattooed, like up from there to the bottom. So um, I've got them coming right. up. But um, yeah, like th- that's just, that's just me, and and that's probably what I um, I learned most of actually the, the, the style of career that I want to work in. Yeah, I, I I I'm very very quick to to anybody who wants to listen to say if you have the opportunity to travel as young as you can do it do it 100%. because it's just it doesn't really matter where you end up going but just break the shackles of of mum and dad and to somewhere uh, where you're outside of your comfort zone where you don't know anyone and uh, and it, it, i think it can be the making of you as a human being and i think it gives you a hell of a lot of tools to move forward with definitely i, I couldn't agree more it made me certainly so yeah 100% yeah yeah absolutely i also want to come back to a point you mentioned earlier on about finding yourself out of your depth in five guys that is i suppose an inevitable part of life really is mm. that um is you're always going to have these opportunities whereby you look at it and you think yeah i can do that and then you get into it and you go crikey right i've got a lot yeah. to do here how did you how did you get round that? How did you kind of adapt to I just I feel like this has turned into a job interview now, but how did you how did you get past the adversity? Um I don't have a job, by the way, just so we're clear. <laughs> I good, that's a really good question. And uh, now I do feel like I'm being interviewed. Um, <laughs> I I suppose I've never really when I was at school, I never really took to um, being so academic. I was much more interested in uh, the like the design and um, 
sports, like something physical. That's what I was always better at. Sat in the classroom, listening. It was never my strength at all. Yeah. So we could definitely think, high high five on that. That was yeah. Um, there we that, go, was, then. that was the same. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I guess um, so. I've always learned really well and taught myself to learn by just diving in the deep end, which is you know, going back to the five guys thing. It's probably a, good, a really good example, actually. Of I was I was out of my depth at, at the time. I thought, yeah, I could do this. It's fine. But now reflecting on it, um, I was out my out my depth. But I've always learned better that way. Just learning from mistakes. networking, understanding what other people are doing, learning what other people are doing, seeing and analyzing it, seeing if I actually think it's, it's, it's the right thing for, for, for me to do. And this is turning into a really bad answer, actually. (laughs) No, you're doing all right. You're doing all right. (laughs) Um, But I I guess as my career has gone on, I know that you can't always rely on just jumping, jumping in the deep ends and learning from mistakes. And, because you do have a level of expectation as well. So yeah. I've taught myself a better way of learning. So, you know, if I were to um, take on a course, I was actually, you know, doing it during a course la- la- last week, but I couldn't just have a textbook and read a textbook because it wouldn't go in. I'm much yeah. better at just listening to podcasts, watching YouTube videos, and that's my Glad best way of learning. Yeah, podcasts are the greatest method of learning in the history of the world. Yeah, uh, you can give I me think. the tenor later now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that one in there. But so I now know my my style of learning. But it did take me a while because you know throughout you always get given a textbook. We always get given a web link, and you have to read everything. And yeah, it just doesn't suit my my style of learning. So so yeah, I mean now I listen to podcasts. YouTube videos, I and I want to go and speak with people. Just short coffee chats, in um, yeah, small snippets, and that's the yeah. best best way for me for for me for me to learn. I've almost also had to kind of take a step away. I was very guilty, I think, of getting very excited about something, saying yes, and then just running away and doing it. Where now I've actually managed myself, so I do have a thought process, take it in. Say to someone, I just need to take twenty four hours to think about it, just so I can reflect and yeah. then think and then and then and then do. So I guess I'd be my my biggest challenges that I've that I've overcome, where I just haven't been that academic and taught myself a way of learning, which has been impactful for my career essentially. Yeah, but I think you've you've hit a, a very valuable nail on the head there around that whole piece because that's. That is the that's the way of life that people learn in very different ways, and some people are really comfortable getting their head in a textbook, and some people are not. And I'm like you, I'm I'm not a textbook learner uh, at all. Mm. I'm ve- I'm a very visual and oral learner, so I'm I'm completely with you. And I think the it, the world is gradually waking up to that point, but still, I think the schooling system is very much geared towards textbooks, textbooks, you know, know. go to an exam and and you're either good or you're not. It's backwards, isn't it? Like, yeah. um, and that's the thing. So, and I think, yeah, I mean, a, a lot more companies, a lot more, a lot more companies are, are, are getting taken to it, and new way of thinking, and new way of learning, and yeah. adapting to how other people learn. But yeah, certainly the, the education sector needs to, uh, yeah, speed up, I guess. Yeah, I, I, I think you're right. I think the certainly within industry, 
there's a lot more uh, focus on that mm. and the fact that you know you, you could have a classroom of 10 people and they're all going to mm. have slight nuances in the way that they retain this information that, that we give them so let's rather than asking people to bend to one way let's bend to the multiple ways uh, that, that mm. this can be delivered yeah exactly but it's also putting things into practice like you know i think uh, i don't actually know the exact stats but um so yeah do correct me if i'm wrong but you know if you if you learn something unless you use what you've just learned in the next three days you're probably gonna forget about it and yeah. i'm sure it's not three days but it's something around that so you have to put it into practice so i think you know with a lot of the learning you, you've taken so much or there's so much in the textbook actually 90% of that I'm not putting into practice, so I will forget yeah. it. Where that's where podcasts, um, you can choose what you're learning and hear stuff that other people are doing within your sector. And, and you can take little bits from that and put it into practice. And that's, I guess, yeah. what I'm probably best at. And one of my strengths is, is trying new things. And a lot of the stuff I hear is, ah, that person did this in this industry. Let's see if we can bring that into hospitality. And, and that's why I guess, I, you know, my mind's always in the sky. I like to get creative and yep. I usually have about a hundred ideas a week and only 90, well, only one of them is any good. 99 of them will be forgotten <laughs> the next week. But, um, but at least we're kind of practicing and we're trying to keep momentum going. And, and through that, there's a lot of learning. Yeah. I think you and I are uh, made of similar stuff because I'm a, a, a have no lack of ideas. I would argue that of my 100 ideas, 100 of them can generally be parked and um, and put. <laughs> but uh, occasionally, occasionally yeah. one. Uh, I mean, hey, we're having, we're doing a podcast chat, aren't we? So that was an idea that I had. Um, yeah. uh, so that that's uh, all good. But I think actually, the just going back to that moment of out of depth, just for very very briefly, I think. Yeah that uh, you kind of got to take your hat off to your employer for giving you, uh, I suppose, the opportunity to be out of depth and learn because there, you know, there, there are lots of employers who wouldn't give, give people, if you're out of your depth, mm. you're gone type, type thing. So I think mm. it's one thing that I, I've certainly seen uh, over the years that hospitality does really well is that it's inevitable, especially in a, an, an industry, which let's face it uh, on the back of 2008, nine, absolutely exploded mm. in terms of like the industry grew up uh, it became a serious investment for people and as a result we haven't kept pace in terms of being able to you know fill fill jobs uh, in roles and uh, in companies etc etc and so it's inevitable in that circumstance that you're gonna have to take a chance on people and that you're gonna have to give them opportunity that they're perhaps not ready for. So it's then yeah. the organization's responsibility to 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 let them go fail, basically. Mm. Yeah. And it, um, and it sounds like you had that at um, at Five Guys. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty more so at Honest Burgers, really. I mean, Five Guys, I don't think I had much choice. <laughs> but um, <laughs> uh, at Honest Burgers, yeah, like, but that's the environment that Honest, that Honest have. And it's, you know, Tom and Phil are so you know, incredible, actually, because they give you space to try things new and they give you the autonomy and ownership to, to try it and implement it and try and be the best at it as well. 
um, yeah. and they encourage you to do so. So, you know, yeah, Tom and Phil have, that's the environment and it's, and it's driven certainly by, by both of them. Yeah. I mean, when you've got a guy called Phil, I, I've never met a bad one. So, you know, there you, we uh, go. You, you're set for success. <laughs> no comment. Yeah. <laughs> I think the other thing I picked up from your, your journey was, um, was networking like that. That's a group that you set up of, you know, like-minded and other uh, recruiters mm. to kind of share best practice and, and all of these sorts of things. It's and yeah. the fact that you then were also at an event where you met one of the founders of Honest and you now, now find yourself at, at Honest. It's, it always amazes me how just putting yourself out there a little bit and talking to people can you know, pre- present opportunity when you really don't expect it. Yeah, and exactly. And, and that's one of the beauties of, of, of networking. Yeah. yeah, I don't really go to too many networking events really now, but it's um, it's certainly at, at the time it felt like the right thing to do. You know, I had a, a few friends anyway in similar positions, so you know there was there was there was, there was a few of us initially, and then um, who I'd worked with as well at Appetite for Recruitment. So and then we asked a few others to come, and then yeah, I think we built it up. There's about thirty. And it was just a couple of hours. We invited them. Well, we used to go to a different venue each each time. Then we had a, a couple of speakers come along. We had some really really good speakers as well. So, and it was good. It was good. So certainly you you learn a lot of other people. And hospitality's got that opportunity to. Um, and we should be you know working close close together, right? Because yeah, totally. we're all kind of tackling the same the same challenges and. And it is quite a small industry, really. Um, as big as it is, it, it feels it feels quite 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 small, especially yeah. you know, the people side of um, the industry. So, yeah, totally. And and speak to any business at this point in time, and they'll all tell you that they've got exactly the same problems. So yeah. why? I mean, we don't have to be competitive about that. That's something that we should be collectively trying to to fix uh, and do something about. Um, and thankfully, there are people out there who are are, are doing that, mm. and it's it's probably going to be a, a bit of a slow burner. But if you don't start some point, then we're just going to have to accept that this is our lot, and you know we definitely shouldn't accept what we've got at the moment. Yeah, and and I I agree with you, and I think there is a talent shortage, and I don't want to talk about it too too much, but. As an industry, I think we all need to get better for for our people. You know, there's there's some companies doing amazing things, but I think there's some companies who who also need to keep up. You know, and that's um, good rotoring. Pay fairly, give opportunities to develop. Really look at your perks and and benefits, and what can you what can you do to retain retain your people? How are you setting people up for success? Um, creating an environment that people feel they belong and not being judged. So we all, you know, we we do some amazing things, but I think we can do do things better. And in turn, that will attract more 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 people to want to work in the in the industry. I think recruiters get a uh, get uh, you know they're one of the most 
Careful. Exposed in, in one, yeah, in, in one of the most exposed positions at the moment because it's like you're a recruiter, you're meant to find people, but how are you meant to find people when there's so there's only so many people out there? Yeah. yeah so yeah. what can we do internally to create this amazing environment that people want to work in, which will attract more people? And, I couldn't agree more. And then share share the right stories. You know, we do so many amazing things. So share those stories, and that will attract more people. Um, and that's what I think we just need to do more of. You know, we see the great resignation just spammed everywhere. And it's like, well, why does anyone want to to come in when we're just shouting about all the negatives? Uh, Totally. um, I I actually uh, tweeted something maybe three or four months ago around the fact that I was just, it was another day and you wake up to a headline that was something along the lines of greatest recruitment crisis in the history of the industry. <clears throat> or the world or the universe or something like that yeah. and you know and i just I, I tweeted and said is it not time for a reframe like is this exactly. not now the greatest opportunity to come and join hospitality because the opportunity is there and the opportunity to yeah. make quick progress is there if you can control your own attitude to your work and you find the right place for you because mm-hmm. there's how you know xyz number of companies that do things very differently but there's a company out there mm. for everyone in in hospitality exactly you know and it just and- does my head in that we continually go oh it's so bad but actually <laughs> you know it's such yeah. a wonderful opportunity for us to do something really wonderful yeah. uh, about this yeah yeah uh, and that's it and it's i completely agree because Every headline is like, biggest recruitment crisis in hospitality. Hospitality suffers. Everyone's like, yeah, just let's share some positive news. Yeah. Um, I also think, you know, kind of going back to um, you know, creating an environment and a place where people will want to work. I, I saw someone advertise the other day, we had the best benefits in the industry. And like one of the highlighted ones was 30% off food during your shift. I was like, is that a benefit? Yeah. Like, yeah, you're not giving like, them the food. Come on. <laughs> come on. Like, is that really a benefit? So, yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, come on, man. Yeah. But, yeah. So, no, I know. Let's dig deep here. But that's where my mind's at. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, <laughs> I you know, I think we're to, to kind of bring the positivity back again. I mean, I think we are, a, a, we have such a wonderful opportunity to re- rebrand the industry but we need to take yeah. control of that we can't rely on the the mainstream media to to shout the message out because the message is always yeah. going to be horrible stuff which let's yeah. face it exists in every single industry under the sun yeah but for whatever reason they pick on us more with the um the per, this perpetual long hours and shouty kitchens and all of that sort of stuff which you know of course it happens in places but mm. it does not define the the work of ninety percent of the other people that work in this industry. Exactly, exactly, and it and it does. And you know, this culture shift is going to take years to to change. Yeah, and the the stigma that um, is attached to hospitality. But I guess if everyone just digs deep and does their 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 bit for it and represents yeah. it how it deserves, then we can get there. Look, look after your own house in the right way, and mm. um, if if enough people do that, then then all of a sudden we've created the most wonderful place to come work 
And um, yeah, I I, um, I can often sound a bit ranty about this, but um, have we just gone on a rant? I think we have, Phil. I think we that was that that we have. Yeah, maybe I'll I'll, I'll open up a section in future shows that's just like a five. Watch what's the five minute rant? Let's just do this. Let's get a rant out of the way. <laughs> Feels right. Um, but, yeah, but absolutely. But anyway, I'll, I'll park that there. Cool. Uh, then, conscious of time a little bit, but I uh, a couple of things I just want to ask you. I ask everybody this that comes on the show: Do you have any funny stories that you can share with us from your career so far? Funny stories. I don't know. I was actually thinking about this, and I guess the. The most memorable, actually, is when I when I first started working at Five Guys, they actually thought I was on a trial shift. <laughs> so it was actually my first day. Doing, doing, <laughs> right? Doing, it, was, it was my first day doing my um, my training, some common garden at their first at their first restaurant. But I'd been on a stag do actually the um, the weekend before, and then starting on the Monday. That's good a bit, preparation. I know it was the worst, and like. <laughs> Could hardly could hardly speak. You know, rocking up to this. Well, what was my first day? Got my uniform. Da 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 da. Had a great time. Was on the tills pretty much. And anyway, I got. I actually got given feedback for my for my trial shift. <laughs> so okay, you, you can come back. Know, or I know exactly. But yeah, so I, got, I actually got offered to go through to a final stage interview <laughs> on my first day <laughs> on my first day of work, which was. Um, yeah, that was um, that was quite funny. That was always a story we used to we used, we used to talk about that I uh, that I passed my trial shift as a as a team member on my first day. Just as well, eh? Imagine imagine if they'd yeah. have turned around to you at the end and gone, uh, "Sorry, Ollie, uh, but you're not for I us." I know that was that, that that was the risk. And then I thought I could hardly speak, and you picked me on the tails. How do I even pass that trial shift? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. No, that's brilliant. Yeah, that was I good um. Fun. It's uh, yeah. I, that's it. Sounds, sounds like a lot happened at Five Guys. It was, um, and I suppose the lesson there for them is up your communication game uh, a little bit. Yeah, do you know what I yeah, do? You yeah. what I love about this now in the background. You remember that it's guy my on daughter. the yeah, yeah, in the in the BBC, <laughs> the yeah. the guy in the BBC about five years ago when he was on a live Skype to to the BBC and his daughter yeah. comes in in the background. And back then yeah. it was. Oh my god, that's hilarious! Now, that's life. That is life. Yeah, no, it's my girlfriend and my daughter heating up my daughter's milk for her lunch. <laughs> Very good. Very good. I hope she enjoys that. Um, yeah. Right. Well, final questions before we go. What would be your top three reasons why somebody should join hospitality? Um, I guess first of all is is you can gain so many people skills that you wouldn't even imagine and you couldn't gain in any other industry from all different cultures you know you have people from all over the globe either working with you or dining in your restaurant bar pub pretty that leads into the second one is you can make you can make memories like you know the uh, the balls in your court to to make someone's day or make someone's evening, whether it be a an office party, a date, just you know, a party come in, or someone just having a bit of food and by on on their on their own, and yep. you get to make that that kind of memory. And then, hey, third one is I guess it keeps you keeps you young at heart. It's it's fun. It's a it's a nice environment to work in. So 
you can pretty much guarantee you're going to have a great time. Yeah, I think they're great. And I um, I, th- I think it's just a wonderfully positive place to be. You know, as you said, you're creating memories mm. for people, uh, but you're part of the memory. You know, so you're creating memories for yourself as yeah. well. And I, I think, um, you know, are there any greater skills out there in the world than having good people skills? Mm. I don't think so. I, um, you know, might be different if you're trying to, I don't know, smash two atoms together or something like that. Probably being yeah. a people person is not what you need. But, but <laughs> being, a, you know, having people skills prepares you for so many parts of your life mm. away from work, you know, at home, yeah. you know, socially, when you need stuff done to your house, la la la, all of these sorts of things. The greatest skills on earth. Yeah, I agree. Nice. Wonderful. Said. Um, well, uh, before we go, if, if people want to get a hold of you, Ollie, and, and chew the fat over you or what Honest are up to, uh, what's the best method for them to do that? Um, LinkedIn's probably best. Just contact me, Ollie Cavalero. I think I'm the only one on there. So, yeah, you better find me there. <laughs> there are <laughs> other people on LinkedIn, Ollie. I don't know if you're oh, aware yeah. of that. <laughs> yeah. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's wonderful. I uh, massively appreciate your time today. And um, thanks very much for, for sharing your story with us. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. Really enjoyed it. Pleasure. Nice one. Take care. See you later. Bye-bye. Cheers. And there we have it. Ollie getting season two off to a flyer with some excellent insight into employer branding, but also his story is a real triumph around what can happen when you stretch yourself. We'll be back next week with a special for International Women's Day as well as our usual 8pm Wednesday slot. So until then, thanks for listening and we'll see you next week.